Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we want to be a vessel, oh Lord. Hallelujah. A vessel fit for your use, dear Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Your presence, oh God. Hallelujah. We feel here today. We know, Lord, that you've changed us. Oh, God, you've renewed us. You've made us over anew. We praise you, oh God. We magnify, we glorify your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to give unto the Lord tonight. Amen. Invite everyone to march with us. Amen. I want to greet everyone tonight. So glad you're here. On our Wednesday night prayer and Bible study. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, God. Thank you, Lord, that we can be here tonight, oh God. Thank you for your love and your mercy and your goodness. Take this which we have, bless it for your kingdom. In the beautiful name of Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
with me to the book of Luke chapter number 11 tonight Luke chapter 11 so wonderful to be able to study the word of God tonight so glad that you are here to join us Do some responsive reading tonight. Uh, Luke 11, we'll read verses 1 through 13, and then um, see where that leaves us. I'll read verse number 1, you read verse number 2, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we'll get uh, started here tonight. Verse 1 And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Verse number three, Give us day by day our daily bread. Verse 5, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Verse 7, And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. Verse 9, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Verse number 11. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will ye give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Verse 13, concluding, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Lots of good ground here to cover in Luke chapter 11 tonight. Amen. Starting out 
Verse number one, and it came to pass that while Jesus had prayed, his disciples came unto him and had a question for him as a result of his prayers. They said, teach us to pray. Um, the very first thing that comes to mind here that Jesus was an example. We, uh, we have found Jesus at several places here in the book of Luke where that they recorded the fact that he was praying uh, and he was the example. Prayer is, is so very, very important. And I think uh, we come to God with a three-year-old mentality most of the time. So what in the world are you talking about, Pastor? When you look at a three-year-old, most of their conversation is going to be concerned with two things. They're either going to be asking you why, or they're going to be asking you to give them something. Now, does a three-year-old's conversation get more complex than that usually? Have you ever had a three-year-old just wake up and say, I feel like, Dad, we need to mow the lawn today? Three-year-old is going down the road with you and said, Hey, did you forget to pay the electric bill? They, they just have a very small universe that they revolve around. And they feel like, number one, that they need to understand everything that's happening. And when you answer three-year-olds, a lot of times it's a difficult task because you're trying to give them enough information to keep them from hurting themselves. Right? When a three-year-old comes up and asks you, Mom, what are you doing with that chicken as you're slicing it with the butcher knife? You don't say, I'm taking a very, very sharp object, and I am using it to get little pieces of chicken off of here because it's easier to eat that way or it gets more juice in it or whatever the reason is. Because you don't want them to get the idea that they can take that sharp object and get little pieces off of other things. So what do you do? What are you doing, Mom? I'm fixing supper. You keep it real basic to them, the information. Why? Because of the knowledge that is there. Because you've got the build. They've got to have an understanding of certain things. Uh, they, they've got to understand what it means uh, to injure themselves. You got to, they got to understand what it means to have responsibility. They got to understand what it means to be lost without having a disaster on your hands. Uh, all of those things. So it's a building process there. And we're that way a lot of times when we come to God. Uh, we're asking him things, and it has to do with how the whole universe is put together. And he's trying to give us some basic answers to keep us on track where we need to be. 
God don't want to just totally bust our bubble sometime. And uh, we are consumed with that which is around us. You know, as we can't see the forest for the trees. We were just looking. or We're looking right here at the moment. And, and God realizes that we have got to have some stability in our world before we can build for the future. God don't want us to be living from one disaster to the next. He don't want our life to be one tragedy just stretched out over 80 years. He wants us to build upon what he gives us so that we can have stability in our lives so that we can have a future that is ahead of us, that we can accomplish that which he wants us to accomplish in our life, that we can be productive and we can realize what the purpose of things are. You ask a three-year-old, well, it's like this. You're going down the road with a three-year-old, and they see Brahms over there. You know what? They don't even have to see Brahms. They can be two blocks from Brahms. And that kid will raise up and say, let's stop and get some ice cream. And you'll tell them, I'm sorry, we don't got money for ice cream. You can write a check. They have some things within them that they're very, very short-sighted in the fact uh, of what life is, is all about that is there. And so God is wanting to build within our life. We put things together. Uh, we do what uh, is necessary for right now and prepare. The Bible talks about uh, some of the wonders of the world, how the ants were toil in the summertime and uh, store all this food away for the winter time that is there. Uh, and there's a lot of pressure in our world for materialism and consumerism that uh, if we get a dollar, we've got to spend it right then. God, God does not want us to live the rest of our life broke. My dad would look at me sometimes and I'd say, hey, Dad, I'm going to go buy me a new suit jacket. I can save $50 off that suit jacket. You say, you're not going to save $50. You're fixing to go spend 30 Um, God wants us to get there. Now, it is a process. We don't get there overnight. But in order to get from point A to point B, we have to begin to put the principles of the Word of God to work in our life uh, of hard work and discipline within us and uh, realize that there are things that, that all things have a cost for them. And may God give us wisdom and guidance. But that, that's what He wants us to do. So in prayer, as we look at prayer, we can go into the mindset that prayer is something that is like rubbing a magic lamp or prayer is something that, that if we pray enough, we'll change God's mind. And that's what a three-year-old thinks. They think if they ask you enough, they'll change, you'll change your mind. You'll stop and get them ice cream. But the reason that you would pray for ice cream is that you want to find the mind of Christ so that you can determine when the ice cream is appropriate. 
you know, if your blood sugar is 350, it's not very appropriate to stop and get ice cream, even if you do got the money in your pocket. Amen. So there, there's lots of factors that are involved in that. And he goes on here and he talks about how that you will even give good gifts to your children. God wants to give us good things. God wants to bless us. But he don't want the blessings to destroy us. Um, I was reading an awesome book last night by Brother Lyle, uh, an awesome man of God that sacrificed all of his life and, and did some great and wonderful things. And, uh, he, he has, uh, uh, I've met Brother Lyle. He's a very um, meek man. He's a very humble man. Uh, just an old country bumpkin that's loved God, and God has just blessed this guy. But he told one time he had a guy come up to him and said, uh, Pastor, you're just getting way too much ties. You're just getting way too much ties. You have way too much money coming in. And Brother Lyle said, I, I looked at him, the Holy Ghost just quickened me, and he said, Well, brother, if you really believe that, I'll pray that God will give you a <clears throat> decrease in wages. That way you won't have to pay me so much ties. Hey, you know, there is the, the principle that was brought into it that God blesses the body of Christ because he wants to bless the work of God. It all goes hand in hand. That is there. But when we begin to rely on ourselves, rely on our money, then money can become a God. The Bible talks about it, the love of money. Not money. It doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, when people begin to fall in love with materialism in the things of this world, somewhere within us, uh, we've got to get a hold of God and and realize what the important things are in this world and invest in those things. Put put our put what we have in them. And I, I want to tell you, I'm one that believes that our children and the youth uh, are very important to the families. It's very very important to our families, and and we live in a world that has a little bit of a misguided path and what they're doing because our world is totally obsessed with higher education for our children great and wonderful education getting all this knowledge within our kids where our kids need a good education the most important part of their education is to know who God is because the rest of it ain't, is not going to do them any good if they do not have a relationship with God invest in God first and then invest in the rest of it. Uh, it's it's a tragedy, tragedy, tragedy uh, for mankind to, to get their priorities mixed up in all of this. But it's there's things that we need to invest in. There's things that need to be important. And sometimes we use the word sacrifice. But really and truly, it, it's all boils down to what is important to us, we will have our priorities. Some things are going to be important to you that are not going to be important to me. 
and uh, as I have miles on the odometer sometimes my priorities will shift and change in life they really really do um, you know when I was young 16 years of age I, I could put on any old pair of shoes and run out the door with them and I was fine but now that I've got a few hundred thousand miles on the odometer uh, I know it if I do not have on a on a proper pair of shoes my feet begin to hurt me because the shoes are, are not built right they're, they're not constructed right they, uh, and as a result of it my feet uh, are not taken care of do I have to go out and and be an idiot you know there's people in the mall they're selling you these shoe inserts you know for $85 no I don't have to be an idiot about it uh, but I will have different priorities that are there uh, within what is going to do what am I going to do with my money uh, male versus female will have different priorities you take a look the number of shoes that a woman has versus the number of shoes a man has there's going to be some differences there um, lots of little things that we'll encounter uh, so we look at these priorities in life the type of car we drive uh, the type of food we eat the type of places we go uh, the type of um, spending that's in our life all of us we have necessities uh, that we have uh, you know if you buy the food the raw ingredients, the fresh ingredients, uh, and cook the food, it's a lot cheaper than buying the microwave dinners out of the freezer case. But you got the work. You got to prepare the meal. You got to uh, clean up the dishes. Different lifestyles, different priorities, what you're going to do with your time uh, that is there. Um, some people are willing to invest in the T bone steak. Other people say, hey, uh, you know, I'm fine with bologna sandwiches. I'd rather take that money and uh, do something else with it. Uh, you know, there's people that go by and wash their car at the automatic car wash every week. People that go by and spend four or five bucks a day on a cup of coffee. All of these things are different priorities that, that people have that are there. There, there are men in our society that spend uh, 40 or $50 a week having their clothes dry cleaned at the dry cleaners. Priorities, what is important to us? And there's thousands of people in the state of Oklahoma that are going to professional sports events and college sports events and paying hundreds of dollars for tickets. And they don't think nothing of it. It's, well, when you go to church, you're going to pay. That's their God. So all of these things are people have them as priorities. What is important to you? What are you going to do? But I want to tell you, when you can save the money and then buy the product, you're a lot better off. You really, really are. 
if you can discipline yourself, if you have the opportunity to save the money, then buy the product. And then always ask God for strength to be able to put money back because you're always going to have disasters in life. You're always going to have accidents in life. It's going to happen. You're going to have a flat tire. Uh, you, you're going to have uh, uh, electricity go off and your groceries and ice box are all going to spoil. There, there's lots of different things are going to happen. Somebody's going to run over your glasses with the lawnmower. Uh, there's going to be a leak in the kitchen sink. Things are going to happen. So uh, prepare for the rainy day. Be like the ant. Put things aside. I lived and worked with a young man one time and if he had a dollar in his pocket, he had to spend it before he left Walmart. He could not leave Walmart with any money. Uh, and it was crazy. Uh, you would go over to the guy's house, and he'd say, man, I got this new stereo from Sears. Ain't it cool? He'd be in there jamming in this new stereo. And I'd say, how in the world can he afford a new stereo? Man, wow. And you'd go back a week later, where's the stereo? Oh, I had to take it back. I had to pay the electric bill. May God give us the wisdom and the guidance because ultimately God wants us to find contentment in the things that he offers and the motivation within that to be productive. I, I can remember a group in a home. My father was on disability. Uh, most of you know uh, he was thrown 24-foot, hit a concrete slab when I was six months old and uh, wasn't able to work. Uh, and after he became a certain age, after 62 to 65 years of age, somewhere in that time period, uh, you go off a of disability and you go into retirement. Uh, and God touched him, and, and, and he got better. And he actually had a lot greater quality of life in his 60s and 70s than he did uh, in his fifties, uh, so he began to look for ways to supplement his income in retirement. Uh, and uh, as kids growing up, we supplemented the family income that the boys did by growing a garden every summer and selling the produce out of the garden. Uh, I mean, this is back during the seventies and. Um, over a summer, you know, we would sell two or three hundred dollars worth of produce out of a garden. You know, that'd be equivalent today, probably to a thousand bucks worth of produce was sold out of the garden. Um, but it was hard work. But uh, we wanted to go to church camp, and uh, it took money to go to church camp. You had to have money to put in the car for gasoline. Uh, you know, you had to. You were staying away from home, so. Uh, you know, we were staying in a tent or staying in a trailer. You had to get a tent or get a trailer, and you had to um, eat, eat, you know, buy some food while you were there. So all of these things were, were there, and, and uh, we liked to uh, try to have, you know, some new clothes to go to church camp in once a year. So working, God gave him the wisdom and, and guidance to do all of this. So where does this all fit into the Lord's Prayer? Well, God is reaching out 
and he's talking to these people about some principles for their lifestyle. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which are in heaven. So we acknowledge that the Almighty Creator, that we're talking to God. We are praying so that we can understand what God has for us in our life and that we would be in the right place at the right time so God can bless us in doing the right things. There, there are things that are God's will, but you've got to be where the blessings are being handed out in order to get it. No matter how much God wants to bless you, He is not going to bless you down at Joe's Bar and Grill. It's not going to happen. Out at the local casino, God is not going to uh, give you a financial blessing. The deceivers at the at the casino. Um, so you've got to be in the right place, acknowledging God who thou art, hallowed be thy name. Uh, within us, throughout the whole Bible, we see the importance of the name of Jesus. It is there. That is where the power is, is in the name of Jesus. He says, Thy kingdom come. What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We want the kingdom to come into everybody's life. That's one of the things we realize every day is we're reaching out to show people how they need to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. It says, Thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Um, so we look and we see that up in heaven, God's will is there. And the earth that God is really worried about His will happening is that earth that He breathed life into and it became a living soul. God, have your will in my life. That's what prayer is all about. I found I communicate with heaven so that this earth will know what it is that will bring blessings into my life this day. What it is that will keep me from the sin and the perversion this day. Um, I was working the other day and checking a computer and and uh, decided I'd go by uh, and see if there was anything on ABC News. So I went to ABC.com on the internet. Been a long, long time before I ever went to that side and after I went there I realized why I never go to ABC News. Because it's not news. ABC.com is a promotion of all their shows that they've got on their television programs. All, all it is is a promotion of their shows. And, and as you look at that, you begin to realize how perverted and warped this world is. Yeah. Kind of things that our world is promoting, kind of things that feel like is entertainment. Uh, wow. Uh, it is not people that are trying to find the will of God and trying to promote the will of God. They've got their own agendas uh, within them. And uh, the devil's very good at packaging. You know, the reason that Dollar Tree is successful is because they have 
some pretty good packaging. When you go to Dollar Tree and you look at that product, it's packaged just like the stuff that costs a lot more than that that they sell somewhere else. So when you look at it, you say, man, that must be good. That looks like a good package. Um, and most of the time, the reason you want to pay a dime and a nickel and a quarter when you go to a garage sale is because that stuff at the garage sale is just kind of piled up in a pile, ain't it? It's not presented. It's not packaged very much. Somebody will go by and buy this stuff at a garage sale for a dime or a quarter, and they'll go and they'll put it in a booth, and they'll put it on the shelf and make it look real nice, and they'll sell it to you then for 75 cents because it's packaged. Now, you, you've got some hole-in-the-wall restaurants. Got a nice little sandwich shop across the street here. Now, if you go over to Shawnee, and you go to this particular eater that's got really nice carpet and a really nice brick building and some real nice artwork on the deal and some people running around some real nice uniforms. Is their food any better? No. It's packaged better, so you're going to pay twice as much for it. It's all in the packaging. It's all in the presentation. So, we need to realize that the kingdom of God is here and we are the ones that God wants His will to be done in today. In order to get that done, verse 3 says, Give us day by day our daily bread. And that goes back to the manna that was in the wilderness when the children of Israel was going through the wilderness 40 years. The original Twinkie, there it was. They could not go out and pick a whole bunch of manna and go home and be lazy because when they got up the next morning, it was rotted. Let's just put it that way. It was rotten. They had to go out every day and get that manna in order to bring it in. And if we do not establish daily communication with God, then we forget some things and we can be deceived, we can be lulled to sleep, we can be desensitized because we are a product of our environment. That which we hang around, that which we listen to, that which is around us, we associate with, has a great effect in our life. Children are very, very vulnerable. They're very, very influenceable. Uh, it's very, very important to have a good influence in children's life because they, they don't have any heroes in their life because nobody's done anything great and wonderful. They look around to people that's important in their life and that person has a hero, so they want to be like that person. So suddenly that person's hero is now their hero. They're wanting to take on an identity. They're, they're wanting to take on some of the identities, some of the things don't make sense. Um, now I'm a guy... And, uh, you know, I love 
uh, old cars and muscle cars are neat. And, uh, I've you know I've been in some great muscle cars. I've drove some great muscle cars. Uh, thank God I've never been stupid. Uh, but um, at, at one time uh, on our car lot we had a '67 GTO, and uh, a three-speed you could burn rubber in all three gears. I know I did it. Um, um, yeah, you you could you could get up you could go to the third gear in about forty miles an hour, um, and you could do that in a half a block. Uh, you know, they're just letting into it. That car, if you hit the gas real good on a straightaway and you were going, you could see the gas gauge move on it. So, but you look at it, and our world becomes obsessed with things. You look at these people, and they have these cars going around in circles. And they get all excited because somebody outruns the other person this week. And next week, it doesn't really matter who outruns who. Because we got to have a new race this week and see who outruns who. Last week, don't count anymore. Last year? Oh, man, that ain't even worth talking about. Only thing, it's just, you know, you prove you're smart if you remember all that things. But, I mean, the world that we live in will influence us. We, we are tied into all that is there and so we get the daily bread it's like a heavenly inoculation you know there's a lot of spiritual sickness and spiritual disease and we need to be immunized against it we, we need the power of the Holy Ghost in it that we can be able to have a discernment of the spirit and be able to detect some things what is the real motive behind this now all of us are not Perpetual motion machines. We're not going to work 24-7, 365 a year. Within our human flesh, God created the heavens and the earth on the six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. All of us need the downtime. It's different for men than it is for women. Uh, do you realize, women, that when you go to sleep at night, your brain doesn't stop? Yeah, you wake up in the morning and you've been cleaning house all night long. Um, so, you have to have the things that help the body. There's times that activities you need to do uh, that are not tied in with your making a living. They're not tied in with the survival of it uh, in order for the, the body to rejuvenate, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we don't want to become Rome where everybody is just totally obsessed with entertaining their flesh. Uh, you know, Nero fiddles while Rome burn. That's, that's not the answer either. But there are things that we need to do, and we need to learn to do constructive things uh, with our life when we're doing, when we're doing these things. Uh, you know, 
there's you know idiots in the world i mean you got the every year you know there's several people that fall off the edge of the grand canyon and kill themselves um that's not the kind of relaxation that you need in life uh all kinds of dumb things but and then there's there's things that are spiritually dangerous that are out there i you know i'm greatly concerned uh that we look at the things that are that are on the edge and we try to push aside the appearance of evil we try to push aside the things that are that are not godly that are not good within our life uh we live in this world but we're not a part of this world there's certain things that we need to do in order to be able to survive there's certain things that we need in order for life to go on uh you know we need the knowledge of life you know if there if there's a bad problem and all the the lettuce and tomatoes freeze then we need to know hey lettuce and tomatoes going to be higher on a cat's back so we need to find another source for vitamins in our life and don't buy lettuce and tomato uh until the price gets back where it needs to be those type of things we need those things in life and, and there's lots of good activities that we can do that that are relaxing that are productive that are not evil and violent and and stupid uh so god give us the wisdom to do that and so our daily bread is important in all of that getting from god what we need and then he continues on and he says and forgive our sins uh for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us or everyone that sins against us. And that's a, a tough principle, but we have a nature within us, and we've got this big checklist of everything that people have done that's hurt us or that they've done to us that, that wasn't right or they've done to somebody else that wasn't right, or how that they're not doing right. We have these checklists, but we don't ever want to make that list of our failings and our shortcomings. That's not a part of our human nature. We don't want to... And it's important, though, that when we talk to God, that we forgive those around us of the things that they've done in order that God can forgive us of our shortcomings and our sins that we've done. And so lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, we know that God doesn't tempt us. Uh, that's not God's business. But we are in a world where God can give us strength. God can put protection. God can put a hedge around us. We know that God had a hedge around Job, and it protected him and gave him lots of help. Um, and we need God's strength and wisdom so we don't do things stupid and, and jump outside of God's boundaries. You know, hey, don't stand out in the middle of Interstate 40 and see if you can play dodgeball with 18-wheelers. It's just not a smart thing to do. Spiritually speaking, there's other things that are, that are not smart things to do um, in all of it. It may seem exciting, it may seem like fun, but it's it's not smart things to do. Deliver us from evil. Evil will be around us and 
ultimately deliverance is required for evil um, and we see that with the addictions in our world it's not easy to break free from the things that grab a hold of us it's not easy to get to where we need to go we have to pray we have to see God's face and it is a process that we go through we're familiar with processes uh, right now the process of growing a garden here in Oklahoma is one that's making us scratch our head uh, and you know I was talking to an old timer today that's done a lot of gardening and he said well probably we're going to have to just replant everything so all the rain we've got we may have lost the crop that we've got in right now and if we want to have a crop we may just have to replant after it dries up so it's a process and there's times that in the process you've just got to cut some things off you just got to in business we call it you got to minimize your loss don't put good money after bad money just cut it off cut it off amen it's not worth it and then he goes on to talk about a friend and he says if you have someone that comes to see you after midnight and they're hungry you know in our world I don't know um, but it, it's it's really possible you know I mean I, I know that there's been some times that uh, for whatever reason we didn't go off of work uh, you know we was gonna go see mom and dad Fox in st. Louis Missouri and I didn't get off of work to four or five o'clock and and uh, we'd be loaded up and we got off of work we'd head to st. Louis and it would be after midnight before we got there and they were glad to see us and you know we were driving hard to get there and took a lot of money to go there and so you know uh, and if you got any kids with hollow legs you know you think you got the hollow leg filled up and they've been asleep for two hours but when they get there they wake up I'm hungry you got anything to eat grandma um, and uh, wow you know grandma's love the grandkids they're they're gonna they're gonna find something to eat for those grandkids they're, they're gonna get them something uh, to eat well in the olden days you know, didn't have refrigerators, uh, didn't have a lot of space, a lot of storage, and, you know, the family shows up, and, and uh, you, you need something to feed the family. Well, we think you just go over and knock on the front door and get them out of bed, and you get it. Well, there in Jerusalem, they didn't have air conditioning, okay? Do you realize that air conditioning is not even 100 years old yet? Yeah. Air conditioning is something that has only been in our world less than a hundred years. And you think you couldn't live without it. <laughs> well, they didn't have air conditioning. So what did you do before air conditioning? Some of you, this question is not going to work because you don't remember life before air conditioning. Um, you had the windows open sky high and the doors open sky high and, and there's some of us when it got really good and hot 
We'd go out and sleep on the porch till about one or two o'clock in the morning. Yep. Yep. Well, <laughs> what they did is that they were living in town and they were bad people back then, just like they were bad people today. And so they would all go on top of the roof and they had a trap door to get to the roof. And so they would get the whole family and they would lay down on the trap door. And that way, if somebody tried to break into your house, it would definitely wake you up because they'd have to lift the door that you were sleeping on to wake you up. And so you put everybody on top of that trap door to make sure that they just, you know, just couldn't break in and get your valuables that you had. Well, the bad thing to that was that when that neighbor come over to borrow some bread, all the kitties were asleep on the trap door. And in order to get down and get that neighbor that loaf of bread, you had to get everybody and wake them up, basically. You had to get everybody off the trap door to get it open. Yeah, go away. Go away. But there is one thing a lot of times that will get our attention, and that is that thing that won't go away. Hey, hey, we're hungry, hey. And they didn't have no pea shooters back then, so they couldn't, you know, wipe them real good. So he said, because they wouldn't go away, you would get up. And he said, you know what? God is one that really wants to see how serious we are about certain things. Are we really serious about this? And when you raise kids, you figure this out in a hurry. Uh, your kids will take a new gadget every 37 seconds if you'll get it for them. And that gadget that you bought 37 seconds ago is forgotten two minutes ago, and they're two minutes into the future, and they're bored already. Why? Because they, they didn't really want it, and it didn't cost them nothing, so they don't value it. Now, if that kid had to work, for two months to save up his money to buy that bicycle. When he runs over a mud puddle, he's going to go home, get a rag, and wash the mud off of it. But if it's easy come, easy go, this bag don't mean nothing. Let's see what happens when I run into a brick wall. No, well, Mom will get me a new one. So, we see here that because of the persistence, he got up and he gave his friend the loaf. God wants us uh, to know what some things cost, what's, what the value of things are, uh, a relationship with God. How, how much do we value it? How much do we value God's presence? Um, and, you know, when you begin to pray and you begin to seek God's face, you realize what a bargain it really is. What, what a blessing it really is. What the benefits really are of the kingdom of God and living for Him and doing what God wants you to do. Uh, 
and the power that, that is derived from it. And so reach out to God. Um, next week, we're going to talk about the casting out of a devil, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So some good lessons there coming up. God wants to give us good things. God loves us. And that is a valuable lesson. If you're working with anyone, you can always look at that person and say, hey, seek after God. All good things come from above. You'll never, ever get anything bad seeking God. God wants to bless you. God wants to give unto you. Uh, God wants to be there for you. Uh, do we understand it all? Do we know? No. No, there's going to be things that happen and part of it is is we're living in this cursed earth we're living under the curse there's going to be thorns there's going to be the sweat of our brow there's going to be pain and childbearing uh there's going to be life there's going to be death uh and we have evil around us but with the blessings of god in our life the more that we thank him for the blessings the more we apply the principles of God, the more the blessings are going to come, the greater that God is going to be there in the riches that God can bring unto us. If we will have that desire, let me draw nigh to thee. Let me draw nigh to thee. Day by day, our daily bread, reaching out to God. This was a principle. And as you look at this Lord's Prayer, the Jews, again, uh, Jesus was reaching out to them, and he, the principles were there, and he was establishing and cementing the things in place. Because they came to him, and they talked to him about the Ten Commandments, and uh, talked to him about adultery and fornication. And, and you know, he, he got right down where they were living and, and gave them the talk about the lust of the flesh and all that was involved in that. And the Jews had a, an old set of prayers they called uh, the Kaddish, and it had parts of this in it already that they that God had given them, how that there was a, a, a God and a one God and a God that loved them. And so there's some interesting things. But God added the things to there and reinforced it in the prayer. Uh, he showed them, hey, you, you've got some principles here, and I want to give you a greater understanding of the principles that are here so you can get closer to me. And that's what the walk of God is. We get, we're getting closer to God. We're understanding more of his ways, more of his goodness, more of his blessings growing in him. So what are we going to do tomorrow? We get up in the morning, we're going to pray. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to find time tomorrow to read our Bible. All of us should have uh, a disciplined daily Bible reading of some type. And... When you become a, a growing, mature child of God, then you're going to have a Bible study that you're doing in your life on topics that God have dealt with you about. If you read something in the Bible and you don't understand it, write that passage down, write that word down, and when you get the time, begin to study about it to get some revelation that's on it. Uh, when somebody asks you a question or you, or you see somebody struggling with something in life, uh, begin to study, begin to take the word of God and prepare because recipes, formulas, prescriptions, the word of God has that for all the problems in life.
understand. May God give us wisdom and understanding uh, so that we will be able to uh, have some bread of life. Let's stand tonight. Dear God, Lord, we call upon you and seek your face. Oh, God, we want him to draw nigh to you. God, each and every day, God, we have that desire, Lord, to draw nigh unto you. Let us go forth, Lord, tomorrow, reading our Bible, praying, seeking your face, calling upon your name, knowing that you are there for us, O oh God.